Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Aaron Burke, and I want you to know that happens once a year here at Radiant. We are not the weird church that does that often. So uh, I'm so honored to be the pastor here at Radiant Church. Welcome all of our guests, all those who are joining online. We are in part four of a series we are calling The B-List, and we are looking at little-known but powerfully used characters throughout the Bible that hopefully you've never heard sermons on before, and uh, they're, they're unknown figures with supernatural faith that God used, and I hope it encourages you, which by the way, let me just look right at the camera. If you are a parent and you did not see last Sunday's message, please do yourself, do your family, do your grandkids a favor, watch that message, share it, where I talked about Lois and Eunice and how to pass on a generational blessing into your family. I hope it helped you a lot. We are going to dive into our character today that I promise you, you've never heard a sermon on. I think it'll help you. We're going to laugh a lot together and we're going to grow. We're going to find the person's story in Numbers chapter 22. If you have your Bibles, open up to there. If you have your notes, you can follow along there. Or if you have the app, that's the best way to follow along. We believe note takers are world changers. So write stuff down. Numbers chapter 22, we're going to pick up in verse 41. It says, Balaam. Say Balaam. Balaam Balaam got up early, and he saddled his donkey and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw, who saw? Who saw at every location? The donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. It turned off the road into a field, and Balaam thanked the donkey so much for saving its life. Is that what happened, church? No, it says Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. We're going to talk today about our B-list character, and if you're taking notes, write it down. We're going to talk about Balaam's donkey today, and I've titled today's message, Becoming an Influencer, Becoming an Influencer. I want to talk to you today about how to become an influencer. You know, the idea of an influencer is so popular in our culture today especially in our social media culture. If you're kind of out of the loop in this, an influencer is basically somebody who has a following of people on a social media platform that uses their following to basically uh, help them with their lifestyle they want to be a part of or help sell products. And they're, they're, you know, people kind of make fun of them a lot, but they don't want to hate on them. They're making some major money right now. And so kind of you, you don't really know, like people don't walk around and say, I'm an influencer. That'd be kind of weird. So what I thought I would do to start out this message is give you what I'm calling uh, Influencer 101 uh, at Radiant Church. And so how do you know if you're talking to an influencer without knowing that you're talking to an influencer, and I thought it would be pretty, pretty funny to show you some kind of phrases that influencers are using or wannabe influencers are using that uh, you would kind of be able to spot, oh, that's an influencer right there. It's phrases like this. Um, a lot of you have been asking. <laughs> How many have heard that phrase a lot, right? And, and let's get real. Nobody's asking you, Okay. Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to know your routine. Nobody wants to know how, you know, how you got dressed this morning. Nobody wants to know that, but that's a phrase. Um, here's another phrase that you know someone's trying to be an influencer is they use this phrase of, hey, I just want to talk to you about my skincare routine. <laughs> so that's funny right there. Like you're using a filter. It's not your skincare. It's not even real. 
<laughs> Here's another one. You, you want to know if you're talking to an influencer is they say like, hey, link in bio. Hey, just go to the link in the bio. Hey, you like this? You like this, this thing I'm doing? I got a link in the bio. Oh, you love this shirt? Link in the bio right there. So, so link in the bio is one of those right there. Uh, here's another one. I think it's pretty funny. It's, I just wanted to hop on here and say. How many of you know I just want to hop on here and say. Hey, I just want to hop on here. Hey, I just want to hop on here. We're hopping a lot. We're hopping a lot. And, and so we're, we're hopping on there. And the last but not least is, you know, they're an influencer if they're using this phrase right here. Promo code. Come on. You get 4% off if you buy right now. Come on, link in bio. 4% off. Promo code is available for you. It's the social media. And I'm not hating on them. Listen, let me tell you, social media influencers, it's like a real career now. Some of the top level ones, like the top influencers in the world, they can get like over a million dollars a post. Crazy. I mean, there's some people in our church, they, they got like some major followings. And so they'll get like thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. I'm like, listen, give me a couple hundred bucks, a meal at Chick-fil-A. I'll post whatever you want. I'll do it for you. Link in bio. Come on, I got promo code. Whatever you need. <laughs> but obviously, we're not, we're not talking about how to become that kind of influencer today. I, I want to talk to you today about how, how to be the influencer, the person that really does make a difference. You're, there's no greater fulfillment. There's no greater calling than when you use your influence as a parent, as a spouse, as a boss, as an employee, as a student, Whatever your influence, you know, world is, when you use it to make a difference for the glory of God. And, and so our goal today is not that you walk out of here as a celebrity, but as, that you walk out of here with the right tools to make an influence and a difference in the world today. And our influencer in our story today was, was not Balaam. It was not different people in the, in the Bible. It was this guy. Like this is, let's put it, there he is right there. That's, that's our influencer. So, so, which by the way, some of you guys trying to become influencers, this is what you look like. <laughs> That's funny right there. So, so you, got, you got this donkey that I'm going to introduce you to. But before I do, we have to talk about who this guy Balaam is. Now, Balaam was, was not a Israelite. He was not part of the people that left Is, um, Egypt and went through the wilderness. The people that were the Israelites who had been in the wilderness for 40 years they're about to go into the promised land. And before they go into the promised land, they had to overcome all these kingdoms along the way. And their name and their recognition spread all over. And the other kingdoms in that area, the other, the other people in charge got really worried that they were next, that they were going to be overcome next. So there was a king by the name of Balak. Say Balak. All right, now follow along because this story is a little confusing right now. Balak learns about these Israelites and he says, uh, man, they're going to come and attack me. They're going to take me over. They're going to take the, uh, my kingdom over. I got to do something about it. And he devises a plan. And his plan was to recruit this world-renowned prophet, a guy by the name of Balaam. Balaam lived about 450 miles away. In, in the Bible, he's called a diviner. He was someone that had connections with the supernatural. We, we don't know if he was actually a follower of Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we do know that he had some kind of connection with the supernatural. When he spoke, things happened, and he had some major recognition because of it. So Balaam, I mean, Balak decides what we're going to do is we're going to go, we're going to recruit Balaam, and we're going to bring him here to speak curses over Israel so that we can overcome that nation. All right, are you still with me? Say yes. 
All right, so he takes his people. They go on a journey. He lives 450 miles away. This isn't a couple days. This is a week's long journey. And he's traveling all across till he gets to, to Balaam. And when they get there, they give the words from Balaam. And it's right there in your notes. And I want you to see it. In verse 5, it says like this. A people have come out of Egypt. And it says it like this. And they cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Now, verse 6. Now come, put a curse on these people because they're too powerful for me. Perhaps I'll be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that wh whoever you bless is blessed and whoever you curse is cursed. So the Bible tells us Balaam goes and he prays. He prays before God. And now we know there's some connection with God. And he says, should I go with these people? God tells him, no, don't go. So Balaam goes to Balak's officials and says, I will not go with you. So they leave. They, he says it like this. He says, listen, he, he ends up leaving. He, they go back 450 miles. They go to Balak. They said, he's not going to come with us. Balak says, no, we're not taking no for an answer. Go back to him with a blank check and present all the riches and gold that he wants. And let's get him to come back. So then it says it like this. They trade the journey back. They've gone back and forth multiple times now. Verse 16. Do not let, he says it this way, do not let anything keep you from coming to me because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. So now Balaam hears that again. Oh man, you're going to offer me a lot of money. Let me pray about it again. So he goes and prays. God says, and that moment says, okay. That night God came to Balaam and says, since these men have come and have summoned you, go with them. But... Do only what I tell you to do. Now, this is a little confusing because you're going, but God said no at first, and now he says yes. Why is that? Because there's, this is what I consider the grace of God on your life. There's many times that you will do something that is not God's best plan for your life, that God will say, okay, you do it. But the reason why God allows you to do it, and we'll see it in our story, is that God's got a bigger picture of something bigger he wants to reveal in Balaam's life to bring about freedom. And we're going to see what happened. Look at verse 20. It says, that night, God uh, uh, came to Balaam and says, since they summoned you, you can go. Verse 21, Balaam got up in the morning, he saddled his donkey, and he went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went. Now, this doesn't make sense to me. God just told him he could go, and now God says, I'm angry with you that you went. Now, I understand this in marriage. This makes sense. <laughs> That's funny right there. But, but why, why is God angry? The only thing we have to come to the conclusion, because Scripture does not contradict itself, is that we have to understand that something must have happened since God told him to go, that when he woke up in the morning, something must have changed. Now, how do we figure out what has changed? Let me give you a little insight. The best way to interpret scripture is always to use scripture. So scripture interprets scripture best. And this story is talked about a long time later from one of Jesus' disciples, by the name, by, a guy by the name of Peter. And I want to show you, and it says in 2 Peter chapter 2. It's talking about the children of Israel. It says they have left the straight way. And they've wandered off to follow, look what he says, Balaam, son of Bezer. That's the same guy that we're talking about right here. Who loved, look what it says, it talks about what's really going on, the wages of wickedness. He sits there and goes, listen, we now got an inside scoop on why God was angry with Balaam. He wasn't mad with Balaam for going. 
He was mad at Balaam for how he went because God knew the motive of Balaam's heart. So I want you to get this because motive really does matter. Motive is simply this. It's the real reason for doing something. And there's a lot of people who can be doing the right thing with the wrong motive and God is not pleased with you. There's something about how we do things that matter. Write it down your notes this way. Because God doesn't just care about what we do. He cares about why we are doing it. So it's not just that you're serving. It's why you're serving. It's not just that you're giving. It's why that you're giving. So you want to be in the spotlight. Why do you want to be in the spotlight? What is it that makes you want to gather fame or gather followers? What makes you want to be an influencer? St. Augustine of Hippo says it this way. It is not the being, the being seen of men that is wrong. But doing the th- these things for the purpose of being seen of men. Your motive really does matter. And I, wanna, I just believe that there's a lot of you guys, you're on the journey thinking you're doing things that honor God. But in the reality is God's not pleased and you're not seeing the blessing of God on your life because the motive's wrong. And he, he's put a donkey on your path today to say, hey, let's get our motive right so that you can accomplish the mission that God has for your life. The Bible says it this way, Proverbs 16, 2, all a person's ways seem pure to him, but motives, they're, they're, they're not, wait, it's not your pastor's good with you and your spouse is fine and everybody else got fooled. No, 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 God weighs the motives. It's weighed by the Lord. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 17 says it this way. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So it's not like, well, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. No, no, no. Our heart's deceitful. Who can understand it? And then it answers the question right there. The Lord answers, says, I, the Lord, I'm the one that searches the heart. He, he wants to evaluate some of our motives today to make sure that we're doing the right thing to bring us to the destination God has for us. Let me give you some, what I call evaluating your motives. Uh, there's a few of these on each of the screen that I think will be helpful to you. So maybe at the end, you want to take a little, little screenshot of it. Here, here's some ways that you can evaluate your motives. If no one ever knows what I'm doing, giving, serving, sacrifice, would I still do it? Come on, let's, let's evaluate it. If, if there was no earthly payoff for doing this, would I still do it? Would I joyfully take a lesser position if God asked me to? What, you go, well, that would, that would be hard for me to do. It shows your motives. What do you, why are you really doing what you're doing? Look at this. Am I doing this to bring attention to me or doing it to bring attention to God? Do you see the difference in how our motives are? Let me show you the next, the next screen on this one. It says like this. If others misunderstand or criticize my actions, will I stop this? Here's another one. If those whom I am serving never show gratitude or recognize me in any way, will I stop doing it? You're like, well, I was serving and nobody ever said thank you. What does that matter? Were you doing it for a recognition or were you doing it to serve God? Well, nobody acknowledges. I I give generously. Nobody ever cares. I never get a call from the church about that. Well, are, are you wanting that or are you wanting God to recognize you? We got, we got to recognize motives in this. Here's another one. Do I judge my success or failure based on my faithfulness to God on what God has asked, or am I doing it based on how I'm compared to other people? Like, let's make sure our motives are correct, and in our story today, we realize God stops Balaam in his tracks because 
He had the wrong motives, and he was, he was an influencer, someone that was seeking fame for all the wrong reasons. And I want to correct that today by showing you that on the other side of this is another influencer, and it wasn't Balaam, it was Balaam's donkey. And I'm going to show you kind of the other side of this is how to be an influencer in the right way, with the, with the right motives to be who God has called you to be. So we're going to read the passage it's kind of a longer passage that's bizarre. And if you've never read this, it is a crazy story. So f- follow with me. It says like this in verse 21. So Balaam got up in the morning. He saddled his donkey and went uh, with them to the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood there in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding his donkey and the two servants were with him. When the donkey saw, who saw? When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. And Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Verse 24, then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, there's the second time, the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Someone call PETA. This is not okay. Verse 26, then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead. And it stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam and he was angry and he beat it with a staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. Now, I know there's some skeptics in the room and you're looking at this going, Aaron, come on. This is not possible. Well, first of all, let me just show you a picture. It is possible because we've seen it this way. Okay, so. <laughs> that's funny right there. <laughs> that's not true, but you get the idea. The Bible doesn't say the donkey had vocal cords. No, it said the Lord opened his mouth. How it happened, I have no clue. But we trust the scriptures. The Lord opened the donkey's mouth. And look what it said to Balaam. What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? And then, the, then he goes, Balaam answered the donkey. So it's not just weird that the donkey's talking. Can we just address the fact that now Balaam is talking back to his donkey? And we don't even know if the servants know what's going on. They're just seeing this interaction. You have made me a fool. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. <laughs> this is, every pet owner's had this moment, right? It's just like, then the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? And have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And he said, no, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn. So he bowed down low and fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you. And because of your path is a reckless one before me. And let me look right at the camera with every eye looking up at me. Let me just challenge somebody. There's somebody that's come to church today and you have no clue why you're even here. It's because the path that you're on is a reckless one. That God, who is rich in mercy, is intervening. And he's bringing you grace to get out of your reckless one and onto the purpose of God in your life. Can I hear a good amen today, church? And he says, the donkey saw me and he turned away from the three times. If I, if I had not turned away, I would certainly, if you had not turned away, he would certainly killed you by now, but I've spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing on the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. That's, that's our story today. 
we see the story of, of this guy who was trying to be an influencer, seeking fame and seeking money. God rebukes him. But now we see another person who is used to influence a situation for God's good, this donkey. And let's get some lessons from godly from being a godly influencer like this donkey. And I think it's some lessons that'll help you today. Number one, write it down in your notes. If you wanna be a godly influencer, godly influencers have spiritual vision. I want you to get this, they have spiritual vision. Do you see it there in our story with Balaam? Three different times, God was trying to give Balaam a message. He was trying to direct him. He was trying to slow him down. He was trying to let him evaluate his motives. But Balaam didn't see it. Interesting, prophets in the Old Testament are called seers. And the guy who's a seer couldn't see. And can I just be real with you today? I get a little frustrated that the church of Jesus Christ, who has an upper hand in the prophetic, able to hear from God and see what God is doing. When we look around the world, it seems like we're seeing all the same things the rest of the world is seeing, and we've lost hope. And God's saying, you're looking with your wrong eyes. Open up your spiritual eyes. See what I am doing. See what I am trying to do in this time. And when we see with our spiritual eyes, there's always hope when we see what God's doing. There's always good when we see what God's doing. But you can be so frustrated if you're only looking at things in the natural. There's more that's going on behind the scenes than you see right now. What you see with your, spiritual, with your physical eyes is what is, what, is, what is happening right now. It's what's practical. But when you open your spiritual eyes, you see what's possible with God. And, and that's why it's so important you're at church. So God opens our eyes. It happened in the story of Elisha. The Bible says the servant of Elisha, the man of God, rose early in the morning and went out. Behold, an army of horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? Like we're surrounded. What do we do with this army that's against us? He says, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And he's looking at me going, but it's just us too. It's me and you versus all these. What do you mean? There's no way. And then Elisha prays and says, oh Lord, please open his eyes. Here's my prayer for you today. He said, some people at church, their eyes would be open to see what God is doing in their life. I know what is in front of you looks overwhelming, but the God that is for you is bigger than it. I'm telling you, open your eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened his eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The army that was surrounding him was what was seen in the natural, but the spiritual side was an army surrounding their enemies. I'm telling you, open your eyes, church. God is on the move. He's doing things behind the scenes. So, so I want you to just, just challenge you, ready? Here's the question. Can you see what God is doing in your life right now? I, I understand you're, you're, you're going through a hard season. I understand it looks like rejection. I understand it's frustrating. Can you see what God is doing in your life right now? Maybe, just maybe, the thing that's going on in your life is God's way of teaching you something. And you don't recognize it. Like, when will your eyes be open? You're like, well, I've applied for three different jobs. Just hasn't worked. Well, maybe the way you're applying is wrong. Open your eyes. Maybe you're doing something wrong. You're like, well, I've gone on eight different dates. I can't find the one. Open your eyes. It's either the way you're dating is just crazy, 
or you're fishing in the wrong pond. Like God's trying to get some people's attention. And you're like, I, 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 Pastor Aaron, every time I come here to the church, you preach the same message. Well, that's not true. It's just not true. But it's the message you're hearing because maybe God's trying to get your attention on something. He's trying to open your eyes a little bit. And, and, and here's what I realized. I, I, so many times in my life, I'm fighting the very thing that's keeping me from the destruction that's in front of me. I, I fight it. And we hear it all the time at the church people. They're fighting the church. They're like, I'm so frustrated. I'm like, we're trying to help you. We're trying to see you walk in freedom. Write it in your notes this way. Because most of the issues in my life could have been avoided. This is wisdom talking to somebody today. If I would have recognized and obeyed the warning signs God gave me along the way. <laughs> and that's good preaching right there. Because there's somebody that God's giving you warning sign after warning sign after warning sign. And your response is to beat the donkey that's trying to help you along the journey. Can I encourage you today? Let your spiritual eyes be open. If God is speaking to you, if that message keeps resounding, obey it. And watch how once you get the obedience, God's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you and make you into all that he's called you to be. And you go, well, I can't move forward. He won't let you move forward until you learn the lesson that he's got you in right now. So what I've learned is I'm going to get the lesson as quick as I can so that I can go to all that God has for my life. You've got to move forward. And the only way to do that is to have some spiritual vision. I love this. Ephesians 1, um, 18 says it this way. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What is that? I want spiritual vision. God, is he the right one? Is this the right job? What's really happening behind the scenes? You gotta think of this. Like we, we have to get our eyes open to what God is doing in the world. So you know the hope which he called you. And I want you to know there's so much hope when you realize that God is on your side. That what is in front of you is not bigger than the God that's inside of you. And he says, in the riches of his glorious inheritance of his holy people. God's got you, church. He's got you. You got to understand, open your eyes, influencer. Don't, don't make it about what's going on in front of you. Make it about what God is doing through this situation. Number two, says it like this. Godly influencers take a stand, even if that means taking a beating. And there's some donkeys in the room and you feel like you're getting beaten down and beaten down every time you try to do what's right. Let me encourage you in here today. Let me say, this is part of the Christian faith that we are called to stand up even if everybody's gonna persecute us and make fun of us and talk bad about us and write about us on Facebook. Count it a joy that when you stand for your faith, I, I get kind of just frustrated about some weak, puny, sensitive Christians. There's always, I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody. The gospel's offensive. It's a tough message. Well, if God wants to reach them, he'll have to use someone. Else. No, he puts you in that situation. Well, I don't know why I have too many issues. No, if God called you, then he thought nobody could do it better than you. Get a little confidence in this. Stand up for what is right. I, I, I wrote it down this way. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And that's what's happening in our world today. We're falling for craziness after craziness after craziness. That's why, by the way, next go around, you need to jump into foundations. 
Because so many people are going from crazy belief to crazy belief to crazy belief. And you know why? Because they're not grounded in what is true. Get your life grounded in what is true and stand for it even when it's tough. If your spouse beats you down for it, you keep standing. If your friends beat you down for it, you keep standing. If they make fun of you on social media, you keep standing. We stand for something that is right because it's what God's called us to do. I, I love this. Colossians tells us, that when Jesus ascended into heaven, and the Bible says, he is seated at the right hand of God. So we know God's posture right now is that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. So we see that in the scriptures. I shared this a couple of years ago, but I, I want you to get this idea. So there's a story in the New Testament of the very first martyr. He's a guy by the name of Stephen. And Stephen was getting beaten down for his faith, persecuted for his faith. By the way, he was the first. He was not the last. More people have been killed in the last 10 years for our faith than in the last um, millennia or, some, or so combined. There's been mass persecution of Christians. Just because it's not happening here doesn't mean it's not happening around the world. So, so don't get all upset. They're like, well, they just looked down. They didn't invite me for Thanksgiving dinner. Count it a joy. Count it a joy to be persecuted, to be, to be one of those in the hall of fame of Christianity. And say, okay, well, you know, they, they, they talked bad about me. Really? We have this whole world, can I just pause for a second? We have this whole world that are like, I would die for my faith. Let, let me just look at the camera. Nobody's asking you today to die for your faith. Most likely, most of our audience is in the United States of America, and you're watching this message right now, at most of you guys in a location, sitting in a comfortable chair in Tampa Bay, the most beautiful place in the nation, God's country. We don't know persecution. Nobody's walking in going, I'm going to take your life for the faith. Stop answering the question of I would die for my faith and start just living for your faith every single day and be who God's called you to be. Oh, help me out, church. Give them better praise than that today, church. So Stephen, Stephen is getting pelted with rocks, beaten down, stoned. And before he dies, the Bible says it this way, that Stephen was full of the Spirit. And he looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. And Jesus was standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Wait, I thought Colossians says he's seated. No, the difference is, is Jesus is seated until he sees one of his children standing. And when he saw Stephen standing, when it was so easy to bow down and Stephen stayed up, Jesus stood with him. And I want to encourage somebody across Tampa Bay today, you feel like nobody's standing with you. Jesus is standing with you. He's got your back. He's on your side. You can stand firm because Jesus is standing with you. And you might go, well, my friends aren't with me and my spouse isn't with me and my kids aren't with me. You keep standing and watch how you become an influencer that doesn't bow to everything else. And they might beat you down and beat you down and beat you down, but guess what? One day they're going to finally listen to you because you saw what nobody else saw. You're like, well, I'm just a donkey. Well, God used him. It's good preaching today, church. <laughs> Write it down your notes, because when I stand, Jesus stands with me. And I just need to encourage somebody in here that you feel like you're standing all alone, or you're standing again when you've fallen before. Jesus is standing with you today. Number three, we'll close it with this. 
is that godly influencers, not only do they have spiritual vision, and not only do they stand when, when, it's, when they're taking a beating, but godly influencers value consistency over intensity. Our world celebrates intensity. It's the newest thing. It's, I got this cool little idea. It's the intense, intense, intense. Intensity, those people, they, they get a lot of followers. But your goal is not followers. Your goal is faithfulness. So God doesn't care about what your followers are doing. God cares about your faithfulness. Your goal is not getting likes. Your goal is to become like him. We, we have to lean into this idea that God values and puts weight into our consistency. And what I love about this donkey is that the donkey kept doing the right thing, even when it hurt, even when it was just tough, being misunderstood. Can you imagine Balaam's thinking, I got the dumbest donkey in the world? The donkey kept doing what was right. And then the donkey finally spoke back. Let me just tell you the, the words of the donkey right here. The donkey said to Balaam, no, <laughs> It's funny right there. <laughs> Waiting one time to say that. What did he say? He said to, the, to, the, to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit, say the word habit. He said, no, no, you know my habits. I wonder if people knew your habits, would they think you're a consistent person? Can people look at your life? Oh, they, they went to church today, but they hadn't been three months since. And the weather's nice, then they're there. You know, they gave, but they don't, they don't consistently give. Listen, your life is a product of the things you consistently do. And what I love about this donkey is this donkey says, no, I was in the habit of doing what's right. I'm doing the habit. He had something to go off of because he was consistent. Can I just encourage some people today? Don't go off of what the world has to say. Don't go off of the intensity. Everybody's on their rabbit trails of conspiracies these days. The church of Jesus Christ needs to stand strong in consistency, saying, no, 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 we are going to be doing what God has called us to do. We are going to be faithful to what God has called us to be. And we're not going to cower back or jump ship when it gets tough. Because let me just say this to you, it's all love. This last 18, 19 months, it's been really tough. It's been a tribulation. But it's not the tribulation. There's still stuff coming after this. And I, I, I'm not going to make light of it because what we've gone through has been devastating. Especially some of you lost really, really close people. But I, I, I have this picture that the devil right now is sitting on a beach somewhere smoking a cigar thinking, this is all it took? This is it? To take the, ch the church of Jesus Christ down? virus, racial tensions, a crazy election, and they would turn on each other? If this was this easy, I would have done this years ago. And we have a bunch of people that have flaked out of the kingdom of God. And what God is saying today is, be the donkey that's known for consistency. Like, be consistent. When the church is open, you show up. When it's time to serve, you serve. When it's time to give, you give. When you wake up, you spend time with God. And nobody else sees it, God sees it. And let God honor it. I, I wrote it down this way. We're almost done, we're almost done. I know, I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to finish this thing. I wrote it down this way. Variety is the spice of life. It's not the entree. 
Some of you guys, you got a new idea, a new thing every day. You know what's sexy today? Read your Bible every day. Pray every single day. Just pray first before a meal. I, I just want the newest thing. I want the newest. No, no, no. You want to be a real influencer? Value consistency over intensity. 1 Corinthians 15 says it. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. How do we know that? Because we know it. Because our God is consistent remember what Hebrews says he is the same yesterday today and forever so write it down in your notes this way I am never more like Christ than when I am consistent you know why because our God is so consistent the same message that happened 2,000 years ago that God loves us is available for your life today why he hasn't changed his mind about you he created you he called you he saved you he appointed you he filled you with his spirit he gave you a purpose he started the work he delivered you he gave you a church family he's protected you he loves you he is for you nothing in his mind has changed about you and I think at all of our campus this we should take about 30 seconds and give him the best phrase and the best worship because he's a God that has never changed he's on your side and we can hold to that come on give him your worship give him your praise sing it out grace for you. He has a plan for you. I believe God's calling you to himself right now to say, man, get those eyes open to what I'm doing. There's two groups of people that are here today. The first one is you feel like you're the donkey that you just keep getting beaten down for standing for its right. You're like, my family's not standing. My friends, I'm the only one. The only one that I feel like is standing. It's tough. And man, I just feel like the Lord gave me this message to just impart in you a grace and a faith to keep standing, it's going to be worth it. 
Eventually their eyes are gonna be open and they're gonna come back and the very people that beat you are gonna celebrate you for being the one that spoke truth. Receive that grace. Receive that strength. Lord, I prayed over your people today that they feel like nobody's listening and they're all alone. God, you're with them. And when they stand for righteousness, you stand with them. Thank you for that. Lord, we receive that grace as your people to stand when it's tough, to stand when we're getting beat down, to stand firm in our faith. Second group that's here today is your Balaam. You're the person, you're after the riches and you're after the fame and you're after the influence and you're after whatever else this world has to offer. And God, by his grace, is interrupting your path today. He put a donkey on the stage today to say, hey, God's got hope for you. He's got a plan for you. He slowed you down enough to get you to this moment to say there's hope for you. You see, God loves you so much. The problem is, is our sin separates us from God. So Jesus came and became the sacrifice for our sins, that anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. So now the ball's in your court. Will you make a decision to give him your life? And if that's you on the count of three at every one of our locations, I want you to make a faith decision to say, today's my day. I'm turning my life over to Jesus. You're gonna make that decision and everything's gonna change. Ready, one, you're gonna throw that hand up on three. Two, three, if that's you, throw that hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Dozens and dozens of people, thank you, thank you. Thank you, this is your day of faith. Thank you, thank you. Thank you in the back, thank you. Thank you at Brandon, those in North Tampa, those at the Heights, those in St. Pete. Thank you online. Why don't we do this? Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud, dear Jesus. Today, I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Thank you for dying for me. Today, I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, Radio Church, let's celebrate lives that just got changed for eternity. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.